welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We started our Advent series last Sunday, and we're calling it Wonder. We're calling it Wonder, and we're... Um, we're praying and hoping uh, that the Lord would rekindle something of wonder for Christmas. Aside from the, the pretty lights on the trees and the presents and uh, visiting uh, family and all of these sort of Rockwellian images of what Christmas time is, we're praying that the Lord would rekindle something of wonder for as uh, the Gospel of John says, the Word made flesh. The incarnation. Jesus, God taking all of the fullness. This is wonderful. The, full, the fullness of who He is. And if He could to squish the fullness down into a human body in, a fragile, in the form of a fragile baby boy. It causes us to wonder, how is this possible? The fullness of God squished down into a little baby boy named Jesus. And last week, uh, we talked, um, last week we talked about hope and what it means to have hope amidst a time that's not Rockwellian imagery for a lot of people. We realize that. I realize that this morning as I'm talking to you that Christmas time is not a happy time for some of you. Christmas time actually stinks. It's not fun for you to get around family members who have abused you in the past, family members who have torn you to shreds with their words. This isn't my idea of fun. Is it yours? But yet, that's the reality. So I realize as I bring the teaching this morning that that's how some of us, that's the reality that some of us are living in. And so Christmas time is tough. We've experienced loss over the past year. Maybe a family member has passed away, and this is your first Christmas without that family member present. We want to recognize that today and say, well, how, how is that possible to rekindle, Lord, rekindle something of wonder in our hearts amidst all that's happening in our world today. And so today we're going to talk about peace. Peace. Peace on earth. Peace on earth, really? If you go to uh, conflicttracker.com, which is overseen by the UN um, and Global Affairs, you'll see that there are many conflicts right now that are happening in, in our world, many wars. You know, there's something like 5.3 million refugees who have been pushed out of the country of Syria due to a civil war. Peace on earth? You can find statistics like the Boko Haram in Nigeria, where 51,000 people have been murdered since 2011. 1.9 million displaced people. Peace Peace on earth? You've got guys, predators like... Harvey Weinstein, Roy Moore, Al Franken, and a host of others. There's no peace there at the American workplace where women are preyed upon and objectified by men in power. There's no peace there. And the home is not much different. 
You know, statistics tell us that 35% of marriages end in divorce. Most, most people aren't even bothering. Why get married? There's constant marital warfare. The husband said, it's, she's, she's just impossible. No one could live with her. She can't let anything go. She throws mistakes into my face that I made 15 years ago. She's sexually frigid. She's terrible with money. She's put on a ton of weight. The wife says, no one could possibly live with my husband. He's controlling to the nth degree. It's his way or the highway. He's totally non-communicative, totally unaffectionate, except in bed. And then he's unbelievably demanding. Most of the time, he just sits silently in front of the TV watching sports or channel surfing or playing on his computer. We want peace, we say. We want peace. All we need to do is look at the many peace treaties that have been signed and then broken since the year 2000. But peace on earth is God's plan. And a lot of times the greeting cards leave out the second part of the, or the first part of the announcement. The announcement was um, peace on earth and God's goodwill, his favor towards men. That's his plan. We see it in Numbers as well, in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. This is God's plan. If you want to know God's heart and God's purpose, here it is. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, give you shalom. That's God's heart towards us. The pronouncement was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. The Christmas cards and Little ornaments separate these as if they were two unrelated phrases. And all we are left with is peace on earth. But there's a root problem behind the lack of peace. And that is that we've left out God's goodwill and favor towards men. And we've tried to create peace by ourselves. You see, we've replaced being thankful to God and having God at the center. And that's the root problem of why there is no peace on earth. But yet everybody says they want it. And that's why we can't have it. Because like in the time of Jesus, when King Herod went around killing baby boys, we all have little King Herods running around in our heart. The root problem For why there is no peace on earth is I. 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 The problem is sin. Instead of how God intended us to live life, which is our lives revolving around the center, revolving around the center, who is God? Yahweh. We've flipped the relational dynamic and we want everybody to revolve around us. We want God to revolve around us. We put ourselves in the center and try to flip the relational dynamic on God and that's why there's no peace in our lives because life is not supposed to work with you or me at the center. 
God's at the center. We demand that other people and even God serve us and orient their lives around us and our needs and our wants. This is anybody married out there? Who's who's married? Show of hands. Have you ever had a fight with your spouse? If you haven't, one of you is unnecessary. If you listen to people fighting, you see these two big eyes colliding, smashing up against one another, the collision of human pride. You never listen to me. You never meet my needs. Is this sounding familiar yet? Your needs? We always talk about your needs. What about my needs? I want to be listened to also. I have needs. Forget about your needs for a moment. I want you to hear me. You don't hear me. So we're at war. We're at war. We're at war with God. We're at war with each other. How shall we find peace? How shall we find peace? The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2.14 concerning Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Jesus is peace. He's not only our living hope, Paul says elsewhere, he's our living peace. In Colossians, let the peace of Christ dwell in you richly. Let, let Christ make his home in your heart. You see, we, we try to find peace apart from Jesus, and that's the reason why it doesn't work. We can never find it. We're constantly at war. Yeah, you, you can't produce peace, can you, in and of yourself? I can't produce peace in and of myself. We can produce peace treaties. We can produce ceasefires. We can produce settlements, but we can't produce peace. Do you know there's not been a moment in history longer than 30 years where there hasn't been some sort of war on the planet Earth? How many years have gone by and there's not been more than a span of 30 years without war. And this week as I was doing some research, I listened to all kinds of preachers talking about, well, you know, peace is not the absence of war, but the presence of Jesus. And that sounds really good. I'm like, amen to that, buddy. Preach that. But I I felt like there's, you know, God's heart is that his face would shine upon us and that he would give us his peace And we're told in the key verse today in Isaiah, why don't we read that together? Look at this. This is where we're headed. Isaiah 9, 6. Here's Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hold on there for a minute. Of the increase of his government and peace, 
There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal, the will of the Lord Almighty is going to accomplish this. The prince of peace, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Something that increases with no end. It's not like it increases, climaxes, and then there's no more. The increase of his peace will continue forever and ever. So somewhere in there, and I'm still trying to figure this out, and I'm still trying to, and I wonder at it. Somewhere in there, the absent peace is, the definition of peace being like the absence of conflict. That's not peace, it's the presence of Jesus. Somewhere that doesn't fit. When will it come to an end? Well, we live in the already and not yet, and we know that. But how long, our souls cry, how long will people be displaced from their homes? How how long will men and women fight in conflict and in marriages? How long, O Lord? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We're headed towards it. Why doesn't it look like it then? When we look around and we see poverty, we see um, sexual abuse, we see all of these evil things taking place in our world, and our hearts cry, how long? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Yeah, the absence of conflict would be nice, but man, I'm conflicted inside, we say. I'm not, even, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just trying to change me. I can't even change me. I can't produce peace in me. The absence of conflict. It's not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of Jesus. Yeah, I guess. I'm just kind of working through this before you guys this morning. Because I, I feel like there's something more in that for us. I mean, it's one thing to say, right? It's not the absence of conflict, but it's the presence of Jesus. But then when we get around the family that's causing all the heartache around Christmas time and, and we're warring inside and maybe warring with the uncle who doesn't agree with us politically or whatever, it, you know, the presence of Jesus is there too, but it sure doesn't feel like it. Of the increase of his government. And of his peace, there will be no end. Jesus is our peace. He himself is our peace. Listen to Isaiah 53, 5 through 6. The coming Messiah would be, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, shalom, was upon him. And by his wounds were healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us turned, from, uh, turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In America you can have all kinds of things. But you can't have peace without Jesus. You cannot have peace without Jesus. Peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. 
And you've probably had many other teachers, many other pastors explain the definition of shalom before me. And so I'm not, you know, bringing anything new. But I, I would pray as you listen now that you would invite the presence of peace in Jesus to come settle on you. Because peace is more, it's, it's, it's not about peace treaties. It's not about the absence of conflict. Shalom, the presence of Jesus when the Bible, when the scriptures say that he's the prince of peace, a lot of times we have this imagery in our head of prince, like the prince of pop, Michael Jackson. I thought that was going to get more laughs. The prince of Wales, the prince of, under the king. But the Hebrew Word, the Hebrew phrase for the Prince of Peace, it's a poor translation in the NIV. The Hebrew translation is Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And it doesn't mean like prince under king, it means all authority. So all, he has authority, it's connected. I was reminded this morning of the, the name of the town where Jesus was born. Bethlehem. Bethle- Say it. Bethlehem. Bethlehem, they call Bethlehem. It's Beth, in the Hebrew, it's Bethlehem. And it's um, the, the, uh, the warrior city. There's an, author, an authority on Jesus as he comes into the world to be the authority of peace. He is the authority of shalom. And it's not just peace, the absence of conflict. It's wholeness. It's prosperity. It's fullness. Every, every man under his own fig tree, an Israelite in the first century would say, shalom, rest, tranquility, quiet, silence, calmness, presence. Sar shalom, the prince of peace. All authority, the government on his shoulders. He is our peace. Romans 5 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through the Prince of Peace, through Sar Shalom, completeness, wholeness, finished, perfection, safety, wellness. You see, Sar, Sar, Shalom, Prince of Pisar, means to be in charge of something. Jesus is in charge of peace. And where do we find that? No other place but at the cross. Some of you are in depression this morning. Some of you are in seasonal depression. You see the snow. It's not happy, happy. It's the first snow of the season. It's like, crap. It's going to get dark at 4 p.m. It's freezing outside. What do I do when Christmas is over? Another five months of winter? Some of you are oppressed. Some of you are bringing baggage in from the past. And it causes a dis- an unrest in you and a lack of peace. Peace is found at the cross of Jesus Christ. 
I wish I had other insightful things to share with you this morning. I wish I had another way around in steps one through five on how to get peace in your life, how to have more peace in your family dynamic, how to have more peace in your marriage, but I just don't. I don't know any other way than to tell you that peace is only found through the cross of Jesus Christ. He's the Word made flesh. Bethlehem is the city of bread, the living bread coming down to be broken at the cross and then buried six feet underground and then resurrected from the dead and sat down at the right hand of the Father, the ascension, so that he would make many sons and daughters. And of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end forever and ever and ever until the whole earth is covered with the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, like it hovered over the waters before things were created, so it shall be. So it shall be in your heart. So it shall be in your family. So it shall be with your co-workers. So it shall be eternally, forevermore. Jesus reigns, the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom, over everything. That's the hope of Christmas. That's the peace you're looking for, the peace you're looking for is not in one more tech, uh, technology toy for Christmas. The peace you're looking for is not in more influential friends on Twitter. The peace you're looking for is not found in that new job that's going to get you ahead on the corporate ladder. The peace you're looking for is not found anywhere else than at the cross of Jesus, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And it all starts with God stuffing and squishing in the fullness of himself into a little baby boy, God in the manger, Jesus.